This week on The Clubhouse, Anthony is sadly not sitting next to me as always, as he is touring the country with his hit Broadway musical, If Then. Go to ifthenthemusical.com tour to find out when he is coming to your town. However, we have a super special episode for you this week. Our guests today are a couple of baseball fans who have both made national news for their ball-hawking abilities. Early in the 2016 season, Bill Dugan managed to snag five foul balls in one game at Comerica Park in Detroit. Zach Hampel is the talented gentleman who managed to grab Alex Rodriguez's 3,000th hit, which happened to be a home run, among thousands of others over his lifetime. Zach and I traveled to Detroit to meet Bill and throw down the gauntlet. Foul ball guy versus A-Rod guy. One game, who could catch more balls? We'll be back next week with our stadium series, and we still have some great guest episodes coming up, including part two of my chat with Jurassic World and Iron Man 3 star Ty Simpkins. So please subscribe to the show on iTunes so you don't miss out on any of our amazing guests. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, everybody. We are going to do a little bit of a mini episode for us uh, uh, for you this week. I am in Detroit, my beloved Detroit, and I am here with Zach Hample, the legendary ball hawk who caught A-Rod's 3,000th, as well as 8,600 and some odd baseballs. Uh, by the time this comes out, that number will be much higher, so I don't want to give an exact number quite yet. And a very special guest, a gentleman by the name of? Bill Dugan. Now, for those of you who don't recognize that name, Bill Dugan is the gentleman who caught five foul balls in one game. Uncle Bill! Uncle Bill! We have some of the Tigers fans that are coming around here and that are very, very impressed with the superstar, Mr. Dugan. Nobody recognizes or cares about me. It's all about him right now. Exactly. He's the man of the hour. It's all about Mr. Dugan. Well, I have a question for you, Mr. Hampel. What's your record of catching balls in a game? Including batting practice, my record is 36 for one day. As far as foul balls during an actual game, my record is three, and I've done it four different times. Wow. Now, what is your overall record? And then I'm assuming we know what your actual foul ball record is, but let's just get both those numbers on the record, please. Oh, man, I'm embarrassed to say now, after hearing his, uh, I would say eight during a game, four during a foul ball, or four during practice, four during a game. So now the five is the, uh, the record for myself. And then what about, do you have a number including all of BP and toss-ups and all that stuff combined? With toss-ups combined, probably between three and 400, but I'm about between two and 300 with batting practice in the games. That's the last 12 years or so, 15 years. All right, so you've been doing this for about 12, 15 years. Uh, how many games do you get to a year, you think? I would say between 60, 70, I try for. Sometimes more, it all depends on timing and the work schedule. And every game that you come here, you or any ballpark you go to, are you going specifically to catch balls, or do you ever just kind of sit back and let the game wash over you? I guess both. Uh, now more so to get balls than than before the five that I've got the one day. Um, I would say both. All right, so we're not going to talk too long here because we're we're both uh, we're standing in line here waiting to get in. But it sounds like there's going to be a bit of a friendly competition between you two gentlemen today. 
it's all for fun and games. No one's really going to go home a loser here. We're just kind of having fun. But uh, let's hear some trash talking here. Which one do you think is going to win today? Well, first of all, I hope it's all fun and games because this man here is <laughs> six foot four and weighs what, 270? Yeah, 273, something like that. So, man, that'll come in handy today. I I told him before, I hope that there's no tug-of-war match for a ball that lands between us. I may just give up. Uh, So I hope it is all fun and games. But, yeah, I think, uh, you know, the way this was originally set up was that Big Cat from Barstool Sports was going to be here. The weather forecast was terrible as recently as a few days ago. Was it really? Yes, it was, Manish. Uh, And, yeah. Uh, I what w- did well? I'm sorry. How bad was it that, as far as I, I received a text from Mr. Hample saying well, the weather is so bad, and and what did I have to say about the weather? You said Michigan weather can change on a dime. End quote. And I told you not to worry about it. But of course, what did you do? For those of you who listened to the All Star Game podcast that we did last year in Cincinnati, uh, I interviewed Zach at that ballpark as well. And if you remember, Zach was also equally being a nervous Nelly about the rain coming before BP. So from what we've heard here, I think you need to listen to my meteorological prowess. Yeah, but you simply said don't worry about it. You didn't say don't tell Big Cat not to do it. <laughs> I didn't think you'd do that. But that's all right. This is fine. This is a little practice run. This is, you know, like a nice friendly competition. So, Mr. Dugan, what do you have to say to Mr. 3000 himself. That's your new nickname. You're Mr. 3000 as far no, as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, Mr. 8000, I guess, would be a better name for you. But any, any words of, uh, of uh, I don't know, some, some aggressive words for Mr. Hample? Oh, well, first, it's an honor to even be in competition with such a man. Um, yeah, that's right, <laughs> punk. You respect me. <laughs> I, I mean, I just very well may sit down and enjoy the show after watching what this guy can do. I mean, it's incredible. 36, did he say 36 balls in a game? That's incredible. I didn't even know they put 36 foul balls out there. <laughs> that, that was in Cincinnati on my birthday in 2011. And there's a way to get in that stadium pretty early. And there wasn't a whole lot of competition for the first hour or so. And I was really piling up the numbers. But, yeah. I mean, you just collected 20 in Seattle uh, a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, Zach's kind of a crazy person. That's, that's Whenever I talk to my friends about Zach, I always say, I love Zach. I adore Zach. And just like myself, we're, a, we're both a little bit eccentric. You know, I feel like we got to be a bit eccentric to kind of live the the wacky lives that we lead. But so uh, how many, let's get some predictions now. How many balls are you going to get during BP? How many balls are you going to get during the game? Uh, prediction, I can't do that. I'm going to, let's hope for one. Let's just hope for one. Okay, hoping for one. And Zach? I'll be disappointed if I get anything under six balls during BP. And I definitely want to catch at least one foul ball during the game. If I have this monster hovering near me, setting picks and... <laughs> you may have to work as a team for that. And elbows, <laughs> I may just get shut down altogether. If, if this guy wanted to end my streak, he probably could. But uh, no, I'm, I'm really excited to meet him and, and be here with him today and seeing him all over the news. And when someone suggested that we have a competition, I just had no idea what kind of guy he was. I mean, he, lo- he looked... He looks kind of mean physically because he's so damn big and he's scruffy. Like, But then I saw him giving balls away and then I got his number and we texted and he was super friendly. So I feel lucky to be with someone who just seems like a great guy. So well, you, yeah. you want to you wanna start war, you know. But listen, I went to Quaker schools for eight years. I don't believe in violence. 
and you know this can be a friendly competition. I'm a rabble rouser. I'm always the you little guy. You are, man. You're trouble. I'm the little guy. You are trouble. I'm always the tiniest person in every room, so I'm the one who always says, "Hey, you guys fight, big guys, fight, fight, fight." And I watch from behind and say, "Yay, they're fighting." He outweighs me by like 110 pounds. <laughs> He's a big I'm, teddy bear. I'm the bear. little guy here too. He's a well, big teddy. Move around, I'm sure, a lot faster than I can. And if we're going with Vegas odds, I'm gonna jump on the Zach boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, folks. I'm. Like I guess he he came up, and I just met him myself, and he is just a giant, lovable teddy bear. And I'll tell both of you guys this. I have been to well over 1,000 baseball games in my life. Guess how many balls I've gotten in my life. The grand total of, of balls I've gotten. Uh, five. Zero. I have never gotten a ball in my life. So like that's because he's too busy rubbing elbows with the baseball bigwigs up in the press boxes. <laughs> I told you, a ball almost came and killed me in the oh, He's too busy working on his laptop <laughs> up in the press box to catch a foul ball that whizzes past his ear. All right, so with that, we're going to leave you guys. The next time you'll hear us, we'll be inside the stadium. I'll try and catch them. Or what I'll probably end up doing is a little play-by-play. -play. I'll watch you guys and kind of announce because we don't want to distract them as the competition is can going. You, can you announce and take pictures oh, at I the am same time? Oh, I am Multifaceted, multi-talented. I am, I have no idea. The one man band right here. Absolutely. All right, ladies and germs. We will see you, well, in like two seconds for you guys and like half an hour for us. See you. While we waited for the gates to open, the two ball hawks continued to feel each other out and talk a bit of strategy. I ran inside to put my gear away so that I could roam around the stadium and watch them work their magic from a distance. I did not want to get in anybody's way. We take you now inside Comerica Park after the Tigers wrapped up batting practice to check in on the current tally. All right, and we are back. We are inside Comerica Park in the right field stands. The Tigers have just concluded their portion of batting practice and we have an update on the score. Mr. Dugan, where are you in, in terms of balls you caught via home run, via toss up? How many balls do you have? Zero home runs. Um, Zero home runs. One toss-up. So, Mr. Dugan has one toss-up for a grand total of one ball. <laughs> Mr. Hample? When you say it like that, no, it's so sad. It's not sad. This is it's a progression. We still have a whole hour more of this. Oh, no, no, I know. And so, Mr. Hample, where are you at, sir? With, first, let's go toss-ups. How many toss-ups do you have? I got one toss-up. So, you have one toss-up from? It was a fun one. It was Anthony goes as the Tigers were jogging off the field, and he threw it from, I would say, about 150 feet away. It was, it was quite a... A long toss. My boy Ghost got a gun on him. And home run balls. How many do you have? I got two. Now, the first one was kind of a hooking line drive just inside the foul pole. And it landed in the seats and took a crazy lucky ricochet right to me, parallel to a row. Like, it basically rolled along a row right to me when someone else was actually closer to where it landed. So that was lucky. And then I scrambled for it at the last second and barely beat out a guy that I'd been chatting with outside who's very friendly and, you know, we just agreed as long as no elbows are thrown, as long as we're not being physical, it's all good. And he looks like he's, he's about my age. It's not like I'm stealing balls from babies here. So he, he got there like a half a second after I did. Uh, and then I caught a James McCann home run on the fly. The McCannon. Normally it's his gun that's getting people out, but today it is the bat that is entertaining the masses, or at least Bill, Zach, and I. So for a grand total of? Three baseballs. So currently, after round one here at Comerica Park, it is Zachary three, and Billiam, I almost called you. We'll call you William, Bill, one. Ooh, and, and we have uh, another fan who caught one. I like your shirt, ma'am. It's a very nice Detroit Tiger shirt with a little sparkly D on it. 
She managed to get one that I thought I had two or three different times on different bounces. I thought you had it once. McCann home run. Yeah, McCann. McCann launched one. You were playing behind me at the time, maybe by a row or two, and McCann launched a high, majestic fly ball. And I ran to the middle of a section and then started climbing back over rows. And I knew I wasn't going to get to where it, it landed in time. I thought maybe I'd get lucky on the ricochet. And it, it just landed like two rows behind you. And, you know, like I said, he's about 8 foot 14. <laughs> so, I mean, if it landed two rows behind him and he's as tall as he is, you know that it had to be way up in the air way up in the air and almost coming down at close to a vertical angle and yeah well, I mean if you guys can listen to this I'm telling you it is it, this is almost as exciting as the game itself the game in the stands takes on a whole other just it, it, it's for those of you who have not come to a ballpark early and I mean early as in the, among the first people in the stands you're doing yourself a disservice because even if you don't want to catch foul balls you want to show up and just watch these people run like maniacs diving over seats and it is just really exciting to watch. I actually think there's some players that are fans at this point. I think so. I mean, you can see the players watching. You see the players warming up in the outfield, and they'll kind of turn, and they'll look, and they'll watch. And it's, I mean, look, it is, it's, we all go to the ball games for different reasons. We all enjoy the ballpark for different reasons. It's really incredibly fun to watch these ball hawks do their thing. So we've got, uh, the A's are going to be taking BP here in a couple of minutes, so we should, uh, Get in our positions, I can already see Bill and Zach. They are preparing themselves for the next 45 minutes. And, uh, oh, he, he's switching hats. The Tigers hat is coming off of Zach's head, and the A's hat is putting on. Sorry. That is definitely something that breaks my heart, but that's okay. Do whatever you got to do. <laughs> you got to do whatever you got to do to catch these balls. So uh, we'll see you guys in a couple seconds. Bye-bye. A's BP was over, and the number of balls was beginning to pile up. As I've mentioned numerous times, I have never caught a ball. And watching these guys, I realized why. They're both amazing at running to where the ball is going to end up, as opposed to where it's going. I would watch clusters of other fans scattering in the wrong direction, while Bill and Zach calmly followed the trajectory of the ball and anticipated its final destination. It's honestly a sight to behold. I checked back in with them as the cages were being rolled off the field and the game was about to start. All right, and we are back. A's batting practice has just concluded, so it's time to check in with our ball hawks. Round two is now complete. Mr. Dugan, let's have you do the honors. So last I checked, the score was Zach Hample three, Mr. Dugan one. So Mr. Dugan, how many toss-ups did you get during A's batting practice? I got one toss-up and three uh, towards right field, or no, two towards right field, one off of Zach's mitt that bounced in. Hold on, hold on. You know. Every time I interview someone on this podcast, you guys love getting ahead of the story. We're telling a story here. We got to go beat by beat here. So first, we're just doing the toss-up. Do you remember who tossed it up to you? No, I don't. All right, that's okay. So now let's go on to, now you also had three off the bat, correct? correct. Now, how many of those were caught cleanly without it bouncing? None. Okay, that's fine. How many were caught either on a bounce or, or, or did you just pick them up? Because I'm not a ball hawk. I don't know how any of this stuff works. So how did you get those three balls? Two bounced off the seats. The fourth one uh, came off of Zach's mitt, which I thought he had, came into the stands, and I managed to scoop it. Oh, it got close, folks. It got close. But so that's. Hold on. So that, we'll, get, oh we'll let God. you say your piece. Oh, my God. We'll let you say your piece. So now that's a grand total of how many for batting practice? Four. And that's four. So Tiger's batting practice, A's batting practice. He is at four. That is a solid, solid number to be at. Now, Mr. Hample, how many toss ups did you get during A's batting practice? 
During A's BP, I got, I think, just one toss-up. Was there anything special about this toss-up? Why, yes, Manish. In fact, there was. It was from Sean Doolittle, and I was overjoyed when I actually looked at the ball. It has the Toronto Blue Jays' 40th anniversary commemorative logo on it. Now, why is that so special? Because, I mean, someone would say, hey, Zach, you've got 8,000-some-odd balls. What do you care if this one's got a special little stamp on it or a special little image on it? Who cares? MLB makes commemorative baseballs for special events and certain anniversaries and seasons and stadiums, and uh, those are the balls that I love to catch. Obviously, game home run balls are number one, and foul balls during games are really great too, but getting a commemorative ball always makes me happy. Uh, I have, set, uh, actually today's Blue Jays ball is the 80th, that's 8-0, 80th different commemorative ball that I've ever gotten. That is pretty spectacular. I know Mr. Dugan was uh, nodding his head in agreement. You also enjoy the commemorative balls. Absolutely, and now I've got one, uh, it's called the Zach Hample ball. <laughs> now Zach, okay, now okay. let's tell this story. Which, by the way, listener, I, I, I apologize for the pop music being blared behind us. This is one thing that I'm not a big fan of in modern ballparks these days, is the constant noise that must be happening. Oh, look, it's quiet. I don't have to yell anymore for two, for two seconds. But so, Mr. Hample, explain to me what happened. I was watching it all go down, and I don't know, it was chaos. It was bedlam in the stands in Detroit. <laughs> so this, this ball that Bill keeps talking about, the Zach Hample ball that tipped off my glove, I would like to state for the record that there was a swarm of people around me and someone definitely 100% bumped my arm as the ball was coming down. Um, if I had caught it, it would have been an and one situation. And so the ball hit the tip of my glove because my arm was actually bumped slightly out of position. Was it you, Bill? This is my investigative journalism voice. Was it you, Bill? Did you knock the, the ball out of Zach's hand? I don't think so. No, it wasn't. I don't know if I believe him, folks. Now, you know what? Like I said earlier, he's a giant teddy bear. I don't think he'd hurt a fly. I was watching it all go down, and it was a bit of a scrum. There was five or six people trying to get after it. So, look, that's one of the perils of, of trying to catch balls during batting practice is everyone's going for the balls, and, you know, it happens. So it's part of the game. It is indeed part of the game. Um, I caught two home runs on the fly during the A's portion of BP and grabbed another home run that landed in the seats. So my total for the day is seven baseballs. Well, how much was it for, for uh, A's batting practice? Four must have been? I got four during A's BP, three during Tiger's BP. So the score currently, as it stands, at the end of round two is Zach Hample seven, Bill Dugan four. You are gaining on, wait, are you, no, you're pretty much keeping the same distance. He was three to one before, no, actually, oh, wait, no, Zach extended his lead by one. I am bad at math, folks. Uh, so it's all right. I think there was only one point where uh, I was close. I was like one behind him. But you know what? We've he got two. Every one I get, he jumps. He gets two more. But you know what? We have a lot of baseball yet to be played, folks. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. The game, the score of our game is seven to four. The next time you'll hear our lovely voices is I don't know. Maybe in the middle uh, of the third, fourth, fifth inning, we'll kind of stop for a couple minutes and regroup and see where we're at, and we'll just kind of check in every couple of innings or so. So good luck, gentlemen. The game begins in about 45 minutes. Go to your separate corners. Do whatever rituals you need to be doing. I'm hoping my armpits dry out by then. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Big Cat from Barstool Sports, who is sitting in Chicago right now, probably nice, safe, and sound in his apartment. It's a gorgeous day. The sun is shining. We wish you were here, buddy, but that's all right. Maybe next time around. We'll see you guys in a couple seconds.
We're just going to take a brief break so that I can tell you how to get in touch with Anthony or me. You can follow us on Twitter at ClubhousePod. Visit our website, clubhousepodcast.com, for extensive links and information about some of the baseball moments we discussed on the show. There are also photos from our cross-country road trip for you to peruse at your leisure. We love hearing from our listeners and getting you involved with the discussion, so please email us at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite baseball stories, your favorite baseball films, why your team or ballpark is so special, or honestly, just if you want to say hello. If you are a new listener to the Clubhouse Podcast, welcome. For more great baseball conversations, please take a look at our archives, like our chat with Tony Award-winning composer Tom Kitt. In this clip, Tom reveals that his father was actually a minor league pitcher with the Yankees. My father uh, is a former professional baseball player. My father actually was drafted by the Yankees. My father has a lot of expertise and often will expound his, uh, his <laughs> wisdom for the for the game. But um, yes, but those are the kinds of conversations. And you know, if a guy's, if, if my dad, my dad was a left-handed pitcher and threw in the in the upper nineties, and he was a starter. But if he's going and he's feeling good, let the guy throw. Absolutely. Know, because at the end of the day, your best pitcher, righty lefty, is going to be a better matchup than a weaker guy. Who, who, who might have a, a curveball advantage, you know? During the game itself, Bill and Zach were all over the place. <laughs> I, I get that some people think that this is a silly thing for grown men and women to be doing, but honestly, it's kind of an art form unto itself. And you know what? Who am I to judge how somebody else enjoys the game? We were all eight-year-olds once, in our backyards, hitting the game-winning home run in the World Series of our minds. I've said it numerous times on the podcast and in life. At the end of the day, we're all just watching a bunch of grown men wearing pajamas, hitting a ball with a stick. I didn't want to bother these two guys too much during the action, but we did stop in the middle of the game to chat for a little bit just to get an update on the score. So we take you now to Comerica Park with the game in progress. The Oakland Athletics versus the Detroit Tigers. But the game in the stands... Bill Dugan versus Zach Hample. All right, so we are now uh, in the middle of the, it's the bottom of the fifth inning, and we're going to take a couple minutes right here as uh, Mike Avilas, a right-handed hitter, steps to the plate. I'll tell you, it's been interesting, folks, to be in the middle of all this wonderfulness. We've got, if a a right-hander comes up, you're on the one side of the plate. If a left-hander comes up, you're on the other side of the plate. We're just constantly moving. So let's uh, see. The last week we spoke, the totals were at seven to four. So currently, Mr. Hample, where are you at with your total numbers? I'm up to eight because I got a toss-up from A's pitching coach Kurt Young right before the game, uh, and I have had zero action during the game. However, hold on, hold on. Do not spoil it, you sir. Do not spoil it. Now, Mr. Dugan, don't spoil what happened. But what number are you at? I am currently at number five. I uh, just got one off of Coco Crisp over towards left field a little bit. So now, actually, one second. There's a lovely young family here who just recognized Zach and uh, wanted to uh, maybe get an autograph. But if you just give us one fo- uh, one minute, folks. So uh, please, gentlemen, explain to me what happened just moments ago as Coco Crisp stood in the box facing off against the Detroit Tigers' Jordan Zimmerman, who, by the way, has not given up a run yet this season. I really hope I didn't just jinx it, but... Go, Jordan, go. All right, so what happened? Uh, I seen Coco Chris getting up. I, we both kind of shifted over towards left a little, slight left. 
and uh, I think it was, what, about the second, third pitch? He, he fouled one off, something like that. So he fouled one off, and Zach, finish the story, please. What happened? The ball floated back in my general vicinity, but uh, maybe 20 feet to my right, and I ran over to maybe make a play on it, but who was standing right there? The man, Bill Dugan, who uh, scooted up across, like from the back to the front of the aisle and reached out. I thought he was going to catch it on the fly, but it had a ton of, you know, spin on it, and it kind of sunk fast. And do you want to... It did have some English on it, so let's conclude. And then what happened there to this ball with a little bit of English on it? Oh, it had a lot of English. I actually thought it was coming right to me, and it dropped right at the last second, right into the seat, basically. I managed to grab it, but it was uh, it was a little scarce there for a second. I, I could picture in the back of my mind, all I could see was uh, Zach coming running from behind and just <laughs> grabbing, reaching over me. I, I thought for sure that was certainly going to happen. Well, you know, we just saw you sitting there in your seat. And we thought, man, Bill is just kind of taking it easy. What's going to happen? And all of a sudden, you come strolling over, and boom, within 30 seconds, you catch a ball. So there's some sort of ESP that this gentleman has. So now, at, in the bottom of the fifth inning, the uh, score is now 8-5. to five. Now the Tiger score is two to nothing. That's really what I care about. But the score that we're all worried about is eight to five. Yeah, Zach Campbell. You know, when you snag a live ball off the bat during a game, it's almost unfair to just count that the same as batting practice balls. So, all right, so you want to give that an extra one? So it's eight to six. I mean, look, we didn't decide on a particular point system. We had talked about that going in that maybe toss-ups and BP would be worth a point. Maybe a home run that you grab out of the seats might be worth two. On the fly might be worth three. A foul ball during a game might be worth more than that, a home run, et cetera. But we didn't officially decide how to do that. So it's really just a matter of total balls. But still, in our hearts, we know that when you get a foul ball during the game, that, that beats a batting practice ball. Okay. Now, uh, Zach, I'm going to actually let you get a picture with this family now here so that because they've been waiting for a while now. Yeah. And I'm just going to talk to Bill for a couple minutes yeah. here. So why don't you go grab a picture with them? these Tiger fans uh, are working with me to try to distract Zach. I know, right? There's this family here that's trying to distract Zach. But uh, so, Bill, just while we got a couple minutes here, while uh, the Triple Crown winner, Mr. Miguel Cabrera, who's already hit a home run in this game, is up to the plate, uh, can you just explain to me how you got into ball hawking to begin with? Uh, I would say as a young kid, I, I used to try to do it, but I wasn't very good. Uh, I was trying to jump out of my seat and run around. My mom kind of wanted me back to where I was. Um, I got into it in 02. That was probably when I got into it the most. It was a dead crowd. The Tigers were very lousy, and I had a lot of room to work with. I remember that 02 season well, and that 03 season. Good old 119 losses. Mike Moroth, 20 loss. You know, it's just that was a, oh, that team has a special place in my heart. It really does. <laughs> the Trammel and Gibson came along and tried to straighten things out. And, you you know, know, I remember being in the clubhouse when Tram was there, and, you know, yes, that team was not very good in 05, but it's, it's just having him kind of be around, and it just it, it helped the, the, the morale in that clubhouse, and it just said, look, there's a winner right there. And, it, and in 2006, obviously, when Leland came in, that just changed the entire, or, entire aura of the Detroit Tigers baseball team. Obviously, as we all know, they go to the World Series. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh! my goodness ladies and gentlemen I gotta say right now hold on once Bill comes back that is the second home run for Miguel Cabrera Bill Dugan I'm gonna tell you a little secret so I wasn't gonna continue this interview right now because I was gonna let you guys get back to ball hawking but I saw Mickey was coming up to the plate 
And when I and my Anthony, my normal co-host, when we record the podcast live, we have eerie luck with the guy hitting a home run as we're talking. And so I figured maybe a little bit of luck. And there you go, folks. A second Mickey bomb. So with that, we're going to let Bill go. And we're going to let them continue on focusing on trying to catch more foul balls. Eight to five is the current score. We'll check I'm running over to the third base side now. Bye. <laughs> See you guys in a couple of seconds. With the final out recorded for the game on the field, it was time to check the final score of the game in the stands. Zach, Bill, and I met by the giant tiger that sits outside of Comerica Park, protecting its front gates. But before we get to the final clip, I, I want to make something very, very clear. I didn't even know this subculture of baseball fans existed until I did my 30 stadium tour in 2013. There are ball hawks at every single stadium in the country. And every once in a while, I'll see some negative press being written about Zach or other ball hawks in other towns, and I'm sure you've seen it too. Are these guys a little bit eccentric? Absolutely. But I watched both Bill and Zach give away half the balls they caught to little kids whose eyes lit up as if it were Christmas morning. There are nice ball hawks. There are not very nice ball hawks. But for the most part, they're just men and women who truly love the game and this is their way of being a small part of it. I'll get off my soapbox now and, and we'll take you back outside of Comerica Park where Zach and Bill give us the final tally of how many balls they each ended up with. And we're back. So now we stand in the darkness of night. The game is over. Mr. Dugan and Mr. Hample, we are amongst the last people to have left. As I just said, although we had to re-record this because I'm an idiot who records things wrong. Uh, just to give you a quick update, the last time you saw us, or heard us rather, Mickey had hit his second home run thanks to the good juju of the clubhouse. V-Mart decided to continue that train and hit back-to-back jacks. Mr. Zimmerman did lose his scoreless streak, unfortunately, which I do partially blame Zach for that jinx. Screw you. <laughs> this is a family show. And... Uh, <laughs> But what kind of families? But 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 Zimmerman pitched beautifully, and the Tigers did uh, walk away with a victory. But for the Clubhouse podcast, the more important competition is between these two gentlemen standing in front of me. So let's let's figure out the final tallies. Mr. Dugan, what did you end the night with? I ended the night with six. Six balls in one game. That is more than well. You had five foul balls, but this was six total balls in this one game. So your your infamous game, you had five foul balls. I didn't think I asked you. Did you have any BP balls in that game as well, or was it just so you had six in that game as well? Correct. Okay, so you matched the uh, the infamous five foul ball night, Mr. Hample. What did you finish your night with? Well, it should be noted that his sixth and final ball was a foul ball in the top of the ninth inning with two outs. I was down by the Tigers' dugout hoping to get a toss-up, and I'm thinking, like, watch them hit a frickin' foul ball right where I've been standing all night. And that's not quite what happened, but they hit one close. And it went up into those little fancy chairs above the cross aisle, and I see the ball just land there and sit there, and no one's going for it. And then I see this massive man hoist himself up on the elevated concrete ledge and the railing and jump up like a 270-pound gymnast jumps from the cross aisle over this bar, which is like taller than my head, and he, he lands in this seating area of the fancy chairs, and there's nobody there, and he's like jumping, jumping, it, like a deer jumping over one fence after another, and he scrambles for the foul ball. So, so he, maybe the bear 
analogy I made earlier, the big teddy bear is wrong. He's a gazelle. He's light on his feet. He's, he's as sleek as a gazelle. He's an animal. That's what it comes down <laughs> to. He's some kind of animal. But he got two foul balls during the game and six total for the day. That's super impressive. And you got 10 total for the day. And how many foul balls? Okay, so I had eight, I believe, last time we checked in. Sure. So I worked my way down to the A's dugout in the sixth inning. And I got Coco Crisp to toss me the ball that ended that inning. So that was a game-used ball, and that was number nine for me on the day total. And then just half an inning later, Billy Burns was up, and that, that at-bat seemed to last forever. Um, and he hit a foul ball that I caught on the fly. So I didn't want to let Bill have all the foul ball fun. I, I needed to get myself on the board there, so I did. I hit double digits. You know, he got two foul balls live off the bat during the game, which is pretty cool. I only got one. I did catch mine on the fly. He, he picked his up, but he made this incredible athletic maneuver to jump over this really high railing. It's hard to quantify and, and determine who got the better balls, the best balls. We each got some commemorative balls, the Blue Jays 40th anniversary ones. We each got a Florida spring training commemorative ball. We each got two game used baseballs. Um, I did a little better during BP. I was working the toss-ups a bit, so. So here's what I'm gonna say, because yeah. I'm the judge, I'm the jury, I'm the executioner. I think you're both winners. Oh, <laughs> Honestly, I think it was. Can we both was, get a trophy? No, here's, here's what I. scratch and sniff Here's sticker. what I honestly think. Here's from, from the object, objective observer sitting there watching this all go down. The thing that was most fun for me to see, because I've seen ball hawks now in stadiums all across this country. I've seen all of you just ridiculous human beings running and jumping and doing all that. What was cool about both of you is that you've both now gotten a little bit of notoriety for your ball hawking. And to see some fans come up to both of you individually and together and see the excitement on their faces when they see, oh my God, you're the A-Rod guy. Oh my God, you're the five foul ball guy. Whatever it is, however they, they have, have recognized you. Little kids, five, six, seven, eight, 19 year old kids. Like that's insane to me that there were a couple of very small children that really got excited to see the both of you. And that to me was, you know, when I hear people talk about how you guys are grown men, you shouldn't be bringing gloves to the game. That's a, that's a knock that is, that is brought on you guys. And then when I see these kids, look up to you and get so excited about that. It's look, you guys are bringing something to the game just like everybody else is. You sure. don't try to make the game about yourselves. I've been to games with ball hawks and people like to think, oh, they make the game about themselves. No, they don't. <laughs> you guys are just doing it for yourselves. You're doing it to have fun. And I saw how many people walking through that stadium got excited to see you guys. And I think, I mean, I, I talked to a gentleman who said Zach actually inspired him to be a ball hawk himself where he never really did it, but he read Zach's book and all of a sudden now he's been going for the last four or five years and he's collected 300 some odd balls. Awesome. Yeah, you know, and so it's, look, I've never caught a ball and I, I imagine the day that I do catch a ball, it's going to be the most exciting adrenaline fill. I mean, you talked about the adrenaline rush of catching a ball, even 8,700 balls later, you still get an adrenaline rush when you catch a ball. And you know, for those of us who aren't lucky enough to be able to play in a big league field, how often do we get those opportunities in our everyday life? Right. So I just want to thank you guys. I think it was really fun for me to kind of just sit back and watch all game and, and enjoy that. But before we wrap this up, you and I, uh, Bill, were talking, and I do want to get this on the uh, podcast just because you told some cool stories, which is something that Zach doesn't do, but uh, it was a unique, well, this is a unique thing. I didn't know that people did this. So, um, so there's a, I think there's two stories. I think it's, well, it's all revolving around the 2006 Detroit Tigers season. But 
what did you start doing and what, what type of other collection do you have outside of baseballs? Well, I guess we go back to 02 when the season was pretty dead. Uh, there was hardly anybody in the stands. As you know, the Tigers weren't doing so well. So it was a little easier to get foul balls and different baseball memorabilia. So if a player would uh, break a bat during a game, I would go down there and after the game, down by the dugout, you ask that player for the bat, you know, and see if you can get the broken bat. And of course, wait, maybe three, three times out of 10, it would work. And then 2006 season came around and the balls were harder to catch because the, the fans were more, you know, there's more of them. Um, started to fill up the seats so you didn't have much room to move around kind of like he's probably dealing with in new york all the time <laughs> especially after the mets uh, uh successful season in 2015. right yep and uh it was just not as easy to get the ball so they go to but i guess uh bringing leland and as you know pudge all that that kind of changed everything with the tigers and uh filled the stands i mean they, they went to the world series that year lost but it just it brought a lot more uh energy to the stadium and, and fans as well. Sure. And so then your collection that you started. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> uh, I've got a lot of balls that are, like he was saying earlier, uh, the commemorative balls, uh, balls from different stadiums, uh, a lot of Tigers memorabilia, players, uh, bats, signs, stuff like that. So the that. bats, that's the thing that I'm really interested in because you basically collected broken bats. Right. Explain that to me. Um, I guess, you, like I was saying, you, as soon as you see a player hit a or make a broken bat or cause a bat to break, you, you look to see who, you know, who broke the bat, and then make your way down after the game and try to give them the signal like it's a broken bat, you know, trying to get it from them. And like I said, maybe three out of ten, they would give them to you. Sometimes you get a full bat. You get a bat that's not broken. Uh, Pudge gave me a full bat and signed it, and as well as uh, Tory Hunter last year. And it's probably a matter of 15 of them, I'm saying, maybe 10 to 15. That's pretty impressive. I mean, uh, I, I'd be hard-pressed to know. I mean, do you know of any of the folks that collect broken bats? I know of people who try to do that. Well, game, like during a game, not like people who buy, because I know there's a lot of, you can buy them, you, you can buy them at a lot of the ballparks, but like during a game to actually go down and grab it before they sell it. I have definitely encountered people who try to do that, but I don't know if they've had much success. Sure. And I've gotten a few bats over the years, a few randomly. I mean, I, I got one from Mike Nickius without even asking him for one when I caught his first career home run and I, I gave him the ball and he gave me a bat and I got a couple of bats from A-Rod. Um, Austin Jackson, there's a tiger for hey, you. Hey, Jax, we miss him dearly he, here. He gave me a full bat randomly. I was just standing behind the dugout when a game ended and he slid it across the dugout roof. And I've gotten a few broken ones over the years, but Bill, you probably have more bats than I do. Um, and there that, you go. That's, that's pretty cool. You know, we all find our own way to connect to the game and collect stuff. And Absolutely. yeah, just. Yeah, you know what I have? I have 30 mini helmets of ice cream from all 30 parks. Yes. Do you guys have that? I don't. I got a laugh from over here. I got a laugh. So we're going to end the podcast. <laughs> we're going to end the podcast on a laugh because I'm happy with that. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been just a fantastic day here at the beautiful Comerica Park. Thank you guys so much. It's been amazing and this little friendly competition. I mean, technically, Zach did win on the total number, but uh, on points, we don't know. I mean, on points, it may be po pointing more towards Bill's side because uh, game action, he was really all over the place. I will say, I mean, you had had home field advantage, but you knew where to go. It was pretty impressive to see. Honestly, Zach and I were talking about it. We are like, God, he's just sitting there. It's, what's he doing? He's just sitting there. He's not doing Oh, here he comes, and 30 seconds later, oh, he's got a foul ball. <laughs> so you just you know where, uh, where to be here at lovely Comerica Park. So with that... We will see you next time.
here in the clubhouse. The home base for the Clubhouse podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located at 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store, this place is the best. If you can't make it into Bergino's in person, please visit bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. You can follow Anthony and I individually at RoundingThirdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.